Welcome to Thinking Out Loud. I'm back, and I've been doing some thinking. So, the other day, I was watching, I don't know why I was watching it, but I did. Don't ask me a lot of questions about what I did it for, but I got watching the town council meeting for the town I'm from, Renfrew, Ontario. And it was kind of an interesting meeting, because the politicians uh, in the town four or five years ago undertook to build a second ice pad at the community activity center where we had a one ice pad and outdoor activity fields like soccer and baseball and all that kind of stuff and they decided we needed a second ice pad which you know we're a town of 5,000 people servicing a community area of probably closer to 30,000 there's lots of people who play hockey in the winter and everything else. So I'm not saying it wasn't necessary. I, I probably agree that it was necessary. And there'd been over 40 years they've been talking about wanting to put in a pool. There was fundraise for the pool and they said, oh, we can't do the pool. The pool's too costly. And, you know, this is the cost of maintaining a pool. There's a pool in the next community down the road, 20 minutes away in the town of Ironprior, Ontario. They've got a pool. They've had a pool for, I don't know, since I was a kid. So they've had a pool for over 40 years. And they pointed out all the different reasons and cost expenses and and whether or not it would be used enough to warrant to put in the pool. But the second ice rink, it was definitely a go. There was lots of support in the community for it. There was lots of studies done that say it's needed that it's somewhat of a revenue producer because you have all these house leagues and young kids who are being proactive and playing hockey and and learning the the skills that you know they need to as all their parents say one day make the nhl so they went ahead and they they began the process of putting in the rink but what what's come out after two and a half years of building and and trying to start the project during a a pandemic and then working through the pandemic is essentially they're like $14 million over budget or or $16 million over budget. And, And that's the projected where they'll be when they finish. And it got me thinking like, there's really no accountability in politics and there's no transparency in politics. And, uh, you know, I can remember as a kid, you know, not that politics was ever uh, something that I had thought about aspiring to, but you're going to find through the process of this podcast that I've began to, begun to seriously consider, you know, taking a look at running for some type of municipal political position uh, certainly to get started because I just find that today's politicians, today's politics is a, is a mess. And in some cases, I think it's not the individual's intention when they run, but they get there and they have to solve messes and problems. And there's people who make politics their career and try and literally make a living at it. And I I don't know that there was ever an intention 
in certainly in municipal municipal politics for it to be a career and now there's people who are on the Renfrew council and they're they were present during this entire debacle which is now you know 16 million dollars over budget the mayor at the time has finished his term and didn't run again and other members of the council didn't run again so we have several new politicians and good for them for taking on the job but they can't there's nothing they can do you can sit and talk about it all day you're not going to come up with uh some sort of recourse for what happened because that's the other thing in politics there's no accountability nobody ever gets brought to task for these things and you know i think that politics leads to corruption we're going to find that some of this money that they're over budget may have been used to pay for things that weren't part of the project to to make it move along or to sometimes it's very costly to hide mistakes and sometimes they just don't do the proper due diligence and they accepted that you know well it's only going to cost this much to build something when in reality the quote was nowhere near what it would be i'm sure those that tendered in the back of their mind when they send in a tender always think well we can go a little lower and then we can just you know say it was cost overrun say it was unexpected problems like i don't know but part of me wants to know and part of me figures the only way to find out would be to get into politics and really learn what goes on but i also think that you know there's a lot of frustration there and you are cleaning up someone else's messes and i really i despise having to clean up someone else's mess and i don't know about the accountability like i say no one will ever be held accountable for these mistakes in ottawa you can see this lrt train that it's just a constant never-ending you know what happened and how did we get here and, and and the trains don't run and we have the wrong type of wheels on the train and you know the mayor in ottawa didn't run again he didn't run again because he knew full well he was going to have to face the music on this and it's just so easy to say well you know he he was able to sit back and say i've had a 30-year career in politics literally a career in politics and so i'm just not going to run again well of course you're not going to run again the whole thing's a mess and in Renfrew, the whole thing's a mess. And I think what, what we probably need is people to sign up and run who are, first of all, willing to be transparent, are willing to not be partisan and just go along with the flow. I think you really have to go into it and decide to find out what's good for a community. And, and that means the majority. Because, again, in my hometown... Not everybody wanted a second ice rink. Most people wanted a second ice rink, but there's an entire little group of people that have been screaming for a pool for 40 years, and, and of course they didn't get their way because they're not in the majority. Had they been in the majority, we'd have a pool, and we'd probably have a pool that is $10 million over budget, and we'd have $6 million over budget after we had to keep the pool running for a decade or more and that that's basically what they said they wouldn't build the pool because of that they were build a rink well great you built a rink and it's 16 million dollars over budget <clears throat> well 
So I guess what I'm thinking out loud is I really have to consider whether or not I want to run in some type of municipal politics, likely be in Renfrew, and whether or not politics is really what it used to be or can be brought back to being a politician, doing what's best for the community, not falling victim to the money that can be very tempting, the political pressure to be on side with the wealthy and not the majority, and the political pressure to get reelected. And sometimes that means you really have to pander to those who can move you forward. And that necessarily isn't the majority either. So I guess you run in hopes of being elected. Once you get elected, you do what you say you're going to do. And if you don't get reelected, then you don't. Just face the music and say, all right, well, at least I tried. That's kind of where I'm at with that one. And I know it's not for a couple more years. I think the next municipal election is in 2026. So there's still two years. But that's the other thing. When it comes to starting and building a political campaign, two years sometimes isn't enough time. When you look at Trump, I mean, Trump didn't get reelected. And he's basically been running a little campaign to get reelected and now he's starting to step it up and things are getting more and more risky with different states saying they're not going to put his name on the ballot but I'm not interested in talking about American politics because if you really want to see a dumpster fire you just have to look there for me I'm more interested in what's happening in a municipality and what's happening at the grassroots level of politics. And that, that's really for a lot of people where it starts. People will start off as municipal politics, municipal, uh, municipal politicians, or they work as school board trustees and that sort of thing. And once they get a taste for it and they're successful at it and they think, I can get reelected because I did good work there, or the people recognize it, there's followers, there's people who appreciate what you do, and you continue to get further and further along. That is to say, there's also people who, like I said earlier, they pander to the people who can get them reelected, who can give them campaign money, who can influence others to vote for them. I just find that doesn't always go the right way. Um, I think there's some that... Uh, definitely, definitely fall victim to the corruption of politics and they didn't ever intend to. And there's some who just have their own agenda. I think a guy like Doug Ford from day one has had his own agenda. I think he's going to go his own way. I don't necessarily think he's a bad politician. I thought it was interesting that when the Greenbelt lands became extremely problematic he just scrapped it and it certainly looked like there were some in developers and investors who uh, had lined his pockets that were no longer going to benefit from their political connections and those are the type of people who would put down large campaign contributions so sometimes I look at the Ford government 
specifically Doug Ford and say, maybe he's the first guy who's not really full of shit. I also got a really good look at how politics works when I was sitting on the Ontario boards for funeral service and the bereavement authority. It's it's unbelievable how much work gets done in the back end of things. Like the deputy ministers and the political advisors and the advisors to the minister, they're the ones who really do all the work. And I'm sure in municipal politics, you've got the town clerks and you've got the the office personnel and they do a lot of the work and they make a lot of the decisions and they put a lot of the processes in place and a lot of them are good not all of them but a lot of them are and I think sometimes that's the things that we have to work on that we have to say yeah it's a great job and I do think what you did here was pretty neat but what about this and maybe it's better and I often would have conversations with the ministry about ideas they'd come up with for my profession. I'd be like, how did you arrive at that? Like, that's probably not going to work because it it writes out on paper great, but in reality that's not going to fly because it's the people at the ground level that know. So I think it's kind of the job of the, the politician to go out and talk to the people and come back and then tell the government workers, well, this is what I found out and I don't think this is going to work. And that's probably the way I would look at it. Like, great, you guys do good work. I've arrived here because the civil servants never change, no matter who's in power. Like there's people I've worked with uh, for 25 years and we've had liberal governments and we've had conservative governments in that time. And these people have a 25-year career in the different ministries, in different portfolios, making decisions. And I'm going to say a lot of the people I met were really good. And a lot of the people I met had the ability to listen. And, you know, if you presented your case, you can say argument, or if you presented your findings to them with some intelligence and a lot of facts, they understood it. And they would say, yeah, okay, well, let's, you know, let's make that work then. Let's, let's go down this road for a while. And so I think a lot of times that's the politician's job too, is let the people who have been doing the job for 25 years do the job. But since you're elected by the people to represent the riding, and then you've been appointed to a different ministry, it's your job to go out and find what's going on and come back and say, folks, maybe this is a policy we need to change or maybe this is a policy we need to implement or maybe this is some red tape we got to cut. I sat through red tape hearings back in the 1999 to 2000s dealing with legislative changes and, you know, I sometimes realize just how much work goes into making these regulations and then how much little thought went into it and it was the first time I ever saw the actual stakeholders sit there and say yes no and why and how come and that's that's pretty impressive and I think at the municipal level we probably wouldn't have a 16 million dollar 
shortfall or not sorry shortfall overage on a hockey rink if we asked more questions and if the politicians went out and actually found out what was going on because a lot of the dealings are done with town clerks and town engineers and town planners and people like that and then they come back and they present it in a way that the politicians are just rubber stamping this stuff probably because they realize they're never on the hook for it and they're not accountable and uh, so I guess what I'll be doing as I'm thinking out loud over the next little while is I'm going to be thinking strongly about beginning to get out there and start a very small campaign which will probably start with asking and finding out if people are interested in a change at the municipal level and if the people that know me think I have an opportunity to become a municipal politician and I truly see that as a volunteer position and I truly think that it's something that you do and your job is to make sure that what's being told to you at the municipal level by the people who work for the town is actual fact and your job is to present facts to them from the people and you need to ask questions and you need to be sure about what they're telling you and you need to be sure that when you're telling them you got the information from people who care who are involved and who know and you need to be sure that you can stand to not be reelected if you didn't meet up to the standards if you didn't deliver on the promises and the people said no more that that's part and parcel of the job I think I could do all that so I'm going to wrap this podcast up I may actually see if I can put a poll in here for the listeners. I mean, I have like 24 followers and uh, there's been something like 226 listeners, which is mind-bogglingly awesome. So that would be a good way to do a poll, even though I think my listeners, from what I can tell, they go from parts of Europe like Switzerland and uh, the Netherlands, France. They go down to the Caribbean they crisscross the United States and then they basically go every province in Canada because we get the demographic report from Spotify and Apple and it basically shows you who's listening and where they are. So I don't know how many Renfrew listeners I have or how many Ontario listeners I have, but either way, if you think I should do it, I, I may run the poll. I'll see. Anyways, thanks for listening. I'm a day late and probably a dollar short, but here's the podcast. I normally get it out on Tuesdays for Wednesdays, and here it is Wednesday for Thursday, but it's out. Thanks for listening, and uh, maybe what I'll do is I'll make it up to you, and I'll send the next one out on Monday. All right, have a good, have a good rest of the week, and we'll see you maybe Tuesday morning.